Discover the hidden Israelite ancestry of some of the most powerful nations on earth. Watch as scripture unveils the terrifying future of America and Great Britain as revealed through the sabbatical and jubilee years. Discover the identity of Assyria and its role in this final jubilee cycle. Learn of the pending judgments that are to be soon poured out as a result of transgressing the sabbatical years. Sighted Moon. Again, I'm going fairly quickly here. I'm skipping lots of stuff. Please, if you want these notes. So we got Galcol or Cecrops, Attica, which is modern Athens, and this is the city that he founded. And it's in your ancient history books. So, these are the children of who? Zerah. We have Pharaohs, the one that inherited the birthright and the throne and the crown, coming down to Zedekiah. Zedekiah is killed in 586. That line of the kings is gone. So now what? Well, Okay, Northern Irish, where are you Northern Irish people? Oh, really, I didn't know that. Me too. Okay, I, three people I like. The rest of you, we're Irish, let's fight. What was the thing about the red hand? Oops, I gave it away. What was the thing about Zara's thing, the ribbon round, it had a red thread. That became the red hand. The red hand of Northern Ireland is Zara. And why is the flag of Northern Ireland got a star of David on it with a crown? Remember the Alav Tov? Remember that? Here's the Tov. It's not a cross. It's not a cross. It's a Tov. It's a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. The red hand of Zerah, it identifies our ancestry. It's a banner, it's the flag that we've always worn on our family. Who knew, right? Who knew? Northern Ireland. So now, this migration going through Greece and all this stuff. So here's the other deal. So I'm giving it to you quickly. No, I'm not. I'm going to go to this one. And it came to be at the time giving a birth that see twins were in her womb. Genesis uh, 38, 28. And it came, came to be that when she was giving birth, that one put out his hand, and the midwife took a scarlet thread and bound it on his hand, saying, this one came out first. And it came to be, as, a, as he drew back in, his hand, that see, his brother came out first, and she said, how did you break through? Break through, this breach is upon you. So his name is called Peretz, which is, becomes Pharez. And afterwards, his brother came out who had the scarlet thread in his hand, and his name was Zerah. And today we call them the red-headed people of Northern Ireland, the troublemakers. Why? Because they're Jewish. And where did they go? To Scotland. So the Scottish people are now the Jewish people. Not all of them, but some. Here's something else. One of the descendants of Cecrops uh, was the name of Gothalus. Gothalus' travels in ancient days are recorded, but because of the um, 
Well, it gets kind of jumbled in there, and he becomes, instead of a, a lifetime in, within 100 years, he seems to live about 500 years. And he gets mixed up. So that's not quite right. So Gothelis is not his actual first name, but it's actual a group of people. Have you heard of the Milesians? Okay, let's see. Have you heard of a millennium? What's a millennium? It's a thousand. So where do we get that word? We get it from Milesians. The Milesians had a thousand fights. Okay? Remember the Irish and all this. What are the Irish? Notre Dame? Any Notre Dame people here? The fighting Irish. Because <laughs> we like to fight. Right? Historical records tell us of the westward migration of descendants of Galcol along the shores of the Mediterranean Sea, establishing Iberia. Iberia is today Spain. Iberia is Hebrew. Iberi, Iberu. Iberia. And they traded at trading settlements. One settlement was called Saragossa. How is your Spanish? Saragossa. In the Ebro Valley, the Ebro Valley in Spain. Let's see if I can see that here. Can you see that? Anybody know where Zaragoza is? It's there. That's why I got the map up there, but I can't see it. From Spain, they continued west as far as Ireland. The Iberians gave their name to Ireland, calling this island Iberni. Have you ever heard of the Ibernia Wells? They're off of Newfoundland. Newfies are from Ireland. I'm half Newf. We're trying to figure out which half, but we're going to figure it out eventually. We're from Ireland. And the abbreviation of Iberni is E-R-N-E. And subsequently Latinized into Hibernia. So this is all from the encyclopedia. It's there. Gothelis went and founded the Ibernia Peninsula. Ernia, Hibernia, Ireland. Ireland. When did this take place? Long time BC. When did the Exodus take place? I said 1379. So this took place sometime or before that and around that time. So all these histories that we're seeing are overlapping each other and taking place at the same time and growing. Jehovah is doing something. It's not just one little narrow thing in the Bible about a bunch of little Jews that go back and forth. It's a magnificent big thing. A big cloud of stuff. A big cloud of people. Here and here and over here and coming here and brought up this way and ending up here. And then they end up over here. The story of Gothel's travels is truly remarkable, showing the hand of Jehovah, God at work as he dispersed his people Israel from Egypt. The Chronicles of Scotland. Have you ever read the Chronicles of Scotland? Why? Have you read the ancient historical chronicles by the magnificent masters 80 of Ireland? It's awesome. It's this big. And it's all from the ancient annals of Ireland. It's awesome. Why do you guys just focus on your American constitution? Because in a few years, you're not going to be talking about it. 
focus on your history because it tells you who you are, where you've been, and where you're going. So continuing this um, national, uh, encyclopedia, for as the old chronicles reveal, there was a Greek called Gothlas, son of Cecrops, Galcol of Athens, otherwise of Argus, king of the Argives, who left his native country of Greece and came to Egypt with a strong company of goodly young men. At this time there reigned in Egypt Pharaoh, the scourge, the scourge of the people of Israel. What's, I'm not reading out of the Bible. This is an encyclopedia talking about a historical document. What did I say it was? Where did I say it? What is it? The Chronicles of Scotland. How's your Scottish accent? Mine's terrible. You guys don't want to give it up because you're all stubborn? <laughs> yeah, stiff-necked Israelites. I know he is. And he came, and there's the scourge of the people of Israel whose son followed in his father's iniquities was drowned in the Red Sea. The Chronicles of Scotland. With all his army, the King Pharaoh received Gothless openly because he, Gothless, appeared to support the Pharaoh against the Ethiopians and the people of Midian. Where's Midian? On the other side. It's called Saudi Arabia today. Then Pharaoh, with the support of the Gothless, won a fierce battle against the Ethiopians and brought them so close to defeat that Gothless took the, their principal city called Moreau. Gothless, after this great victory, returned to Egypt and was made general lieutenant over all of Pharaoh's army soon after because he was of the royal bloodline of Greece. What's that royal bloodline of Greece? It's the royal bloodline of Judah through the line of Zerah. King Pharaoh gave him his daughter called Scota. Now that's another different story. That's another version. So here I'm saying the same thing here. I'm skipping my notes. Another version of the story goes like this. One, so we got different historical records here. So I just read you one from the Scottish Annals. Now we're going to get into the, the McGehegan Family Society newsletter. So this is another Scottish history on this stuff. One of the most memorable chapters in history is the Celtic race. Celtic race? Are you all Celtics? That's as far back as I could trace. Now we can figure out who these people are. The Celtic race deals with Niall, N-I-U-L, or Neil, pronounced today, youngest son of Phineas, Pharsus, king of Sirius. Scythia? Who's Scythia? We haven't even got there yet. King of Scythia. So the king of Scythia is over here in what is today called Iran and the um, Caucasian mountains, the Caucasus. Nile was reputed to have mastered all the languages of the then known world. The fame of his learning. Remember the children of Zerah were the wisest of all? And Solomon was even wiser than them? It's amazing that that had to be mentioned in the Bible. Because here's this guy who knows every language in the world. The fame of his learning and wisdom spread worldwide. King Pharaoh, probably a corruption of Pharaoh, the first style Pharaoh Zingres of Egypt, invited him to Egypt to instruct Egyptian youth in the sciences. The king gave Nile a large fiefdom on the Red Sea and gave him also his daughter Scota in marriage. Different version. 
So here's another version by Keating. Melid of the Milesians. Where do we get the Milesians from? A thousand battles, a thousand fights, a thousand wars. Melid, again seemingly the same as Gothless, befriended Moses and the Israelites. Pharaoh in Tur, supposed son of Nectonabus, and the Egyptian in time remembered their old grudge to the descendants of Neil and the family of Gadel. Now here's an interesting word. Gadel is another word for Gothless. Gadel. No Irish Gaelic people here? Oh. Namely, their resentment for the friendship the latter had formed with the children of Israel. They then made war upon the Gaels. So now they're called Gaels from Gael. Gedel, who is Gothless, who were thereby compelled to excel themselves from Egypt. A few years after this, the pharaoh died, and his sons Bacchus, pharaoh, received the crown of Egypt, and he oppressed the people of Israel with a worse slavery than did his father. Therefore, no hope of liberty appeared to the people of Israel until Moses returned from Midian, where he was banished, to show the commands of God to the Bacchus Pharaoh. Where am I getting this from? This isn't the Bible. This is history. And it's not American history. Look in your encyclopedias. It's there. And I just got this off the internet in Encyclopedia Britannica. Following this, Egypt was punished with strange plagues because they held the prophecy of Moses in contempt. Gothless, concerned by the present plague, that was the terrible response of God, resolved to leave Egypt for another abode. A short time afterwards, he provisioned a ship and sailed out of the mouth of the river of Nile with his wife, friend, and servants, Greeks and Egyptians. For fear of the plagues of God, after a dangerous voyage on the Mediterranean Sea, Gothless landed in a part of Spain called Lusitania, which is afterwards called... Lusitania is also called... What? Okay, now you're getting you're getting close. It's called Portugal. That is the port of Gothalus or the port of Gothel. Right up here is a port. And this is the port of Gothel. This is, as you know, is Portugal. But up here was the port of Gaul. And that's where he landed. And he began to have a war with the Spanish in here. But the Spanish being too numerous, he leaves. But his name remains there. There we go. There's a better picture there. You see it there? The port of Gale, the port of Gothless, which is now called Portugal. So according to Irish and Scottish medieval tradition, Goido Glass. Latinized as Gothalas, is the creator of Godelic languages and the eponymous ancestor of the Gaels. Do you understand what, you, that, what I just said? Do you get that? Okay. These are Americans, Joe. Go simple. <laughs> okay, you guys are going to kill me after. You just don't like... Come on, relax, chill. I'm just having fun with you. Okay, you guys are going to pick on me later, like you did last night, right? Okay, Gothalus comes from the Egyptian sea crops, right? Which was from the tribe of 
Zerah, which is of the tribe of Judah, and he left before the Exodus. He left before Joseph died. They have this language, <clears throat> and it becomes known as the Gothic language, or Gothless language, which is now called Gaelic. Ah, now you're getting it. Okay, yeah, they are Americans. Okay, now they're laughing. Okay, so now, remember I said before that if you speak Gaelic, you can talk to a Hebrew and not need a translator. Because it's the same language. This is how it happened. In Wales, they still speak Gaelic now. You don't need a Hebrew translator to talk to them. The difference is the accent. Right? We got some different accents here. Kentucky and Tennessee. Australia, South Africa. And we're the only ones in Canada that speak English right. If you talk to someone from Britain, it's hard to understand them, but they're speaking proper English. Right? About, about. How do you say that? Anyways, here's a, the, an explanation following through a genealogical family tree chart. Milispan. Milispan is the Milesians, and it became Hispania. All these little things, and you can get this from the historical map, the four masters of the, um, the Chronicles of Ireland. In Irish origin legends, Melispain, or Melispani, later super uh, pseudo-Latinized as Milesius, also Milid and Maled, is the ancestor of the final inhabitants of Ireland, the sons of Mil, the Milesians who represent the vast majority of the Irish Gaelics. His father was Bile, son of Berogan. Mill is very much the product of Latin Christian scholarship. His name is an Irish version of Latin Mills Hispani, meaning soldier of Hispania, which is attested in the passage, and I don't know what that means, in the 9th century pseudo-history of historian Britannium, so there's a history of Britain called Britannum, the history of the Britons. The work offers an account of how Ireland was successfully taken by settlers from Iberia, which was Spain. Among them, Partholam Nemeth and the three sons of Hispanic soldier, the Tres Finit Militis Hispani. As A.G. Van Hamel, so, okay, we're getting into a lot of details here, but Spanish people came to Ireland. And I met a man who is as Irish as Irish can be. He was my neighbor. And he looked like a Portuguese person. And he had no Portuguese ancestry in him. But this is our history. It's following us. So in Northern Ireland, we have the Ulster Scots. What are the Scots doing there? I thought the Irish were the red hand. But they are. And then they moved to Scotland because of this marriage of Scota, who, by the way, was Jeremiah bringing her with Barak, his scribe. You've heard that story? Really? Some yes, no? Okay, 17, uh, 586 B.C., Zedekiah is killed. Jeremiah 
thrown in the, the, the well. And all of Jer- uh, Zedekiah's sons are killed before they put out his eyes, right in front of him. No more lineage of Zedekiah. Jeremiah is taken out of the well and he ends up with, and you read it in your Bible, with the daughters of the king, more than one. And they bring him down to Egypt. And they land in the city that's called to this day something, and I forgot the effect of the king's daughter city. It's on the Egyptian border with Israel now. And that city was protected by these Egyptian persons. What's Jehovah doing? He's protecting the king's daughter with Israelites from, from Greece. It's amazing. And then they sail up to Spain, and then they go to Portugal, and then they go up to Ibernia, and they land in Ireland. They land in Northern Ireland. And they marry into the, uh, the kingly line that was already there. And they change the name from uh, Gallus to Scotus in honor of this queen, this prince of Zedekiah, princess of Zedekiah. And she was such a noble queen. So they called everyone Scots after her. And the Scots are in Northern Ireland. But the Scots move. And see the yellow green areas? They go from Northern Ireland in the green area to the green area of Scotland. And it's when they crossed over that sea that they got the Scottish accent. And this is where the Dorians kick in because they got a Dorian language here. The Scots historically are intruders. They came from Ireland and built the kingdom of Dalareda on land which had once been Pictish. Remember I told you about the Picts being taken out by Brutus? In the west of Scotland, in Argyle, and, and the Isles. By the, uh, by the mid-6th century, they held a sizable kingdom lying north of the Britons on Strathclyde and stretching up beyond the Great Glen, and they named it after the district of Ulster. The Scottish named this after the district of Ulster, from which they took their royal house. The History of Scotland by Rosalind Mission. Hmm. The oldest Irish chronicles reveal that Abbot Tighernach, a descendant of the Scottish Scottish kings of Ulster, led a colony of Milesian Scots from Antrim, which is my hometown, from Antrim in Northern Ireland to the northernmost parts of England. After defeating the Picts in a number of battles, they gained complete control of this area and also named it in honor of Scota, Scotland, the land of the Scots. Who are we talking about here? The Red Hand, remember, of Northern Ireland. So what do they do? They're Jewish. What's their symbol? The lion. So instead of it being a golden royal lion, they make it the red lion. This is the symbol of Scotland. It's a banner identifying who they are going right back to Zerah, the son of Judah.
It is because of listeners like you who have had the foresight to both pray for us and financially support this program that have allowed us to continue to teach others who are still looking for these truths. Because you have paid it forward, many are now able to hear this message and to learn these truths about the sabbatical and jubilee cycles along with the magnificent prophecies that reveal which could only be revealed in these very last days. When you support our efforts financially today, we are able to produce more radio and video teachings that help others who are waking up and beginning to look for the God that warned us of these curses that are already happening on the nightly news and of even worse, what is yet to come. You can send your support by going to our support page at www.sidedmoon.com or by mailing checks, bank drafts, or money orders made out to Joseph F. Dumond, P.O. Box 21007 RPO, 151st Street, Orangeville, Ontario, Canada, L9W, S3O. On behalf of those yet to be called, we thank you for helping us get this end time warning out.